This is episode 113 of the Auto Watch podcast. I'm Amon Bashir. Keegan on right here is nodding his head <laughs> violently for some reason. I made a and, uh, Yeah, you did a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, Rob Atrell is also with me, as usual. Uh, and our guest today is Rap City Blue. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. So uh, we want to talk about uh, sort of a lot of, well, same as all we always do in terms of your experiences in Ottawa, your backstory, but also the burlesque scene, which we never got into. Uh, we haven't really delved into that topic at all in any of no, previous episodes. So really excited to talk about that. But first, we have some beer in front of us. What are we drinking today, Rob? Today we are drinking, apparently this is the signature brew from Brown Van Brewing, which is a local brewery. They, uh, I guess they only have this one beer right now. But I guess they're looking to branch out. But this is the only one that's advertised on their website. This is the Kolsch-style ale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, relatively light. I haven't actually tried this ever in my life. So uh, it's going to be a first time for me. What do you think? Uh, it's it's nice. Kolsch, uh, the default I have for Kolsch is always going back to Clock Tower. That was the first time I heard of Kolsch. So that's right. sort of what I compare it against. Uh, but uh, I guess, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a smooth brew. It's, uh, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect when you're drinking a Kolsch anyway. A nice... Mm-hmm smooth um yeah all i can say is really cold style but good nice smooth ale what uh what do you think rhapsody i think it's a little sweeter than i was expecting okay i would like to bake with it you'd like Mm. to bake with it interesting what would you bake with beer oh my gosh you can make so many things with beer beer is a really uh great additive for any kind of um batters if you don't want to go super sweet Mm. Oh, uh, you know, you think it's just university students and misguided <laughs> engineers that want to do things like, you know, beer pancakes, yep. um, yeah. things like that. But like, you can actually add beer to a lot of different things. Um, gosh, what would I do with that? What, like, would it replace water? Is oh, that- uh, well, it you it not it's n- nothing. Nothing in baking substitute wise is ever one for one. Sure. Um, yeah. Like last night, I made a pumpkin loaf because I didn't have any eggs, so I used pumpkin puree. Right. That kind of okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so beer is obviously a, a source of liquid, but it also is has a lot more active ingredients than just straight right. water. Yeah. Of so it's a little bit trial and error, but there's a lot of really great recipes online about uh, baking and cooking with beer. Okay. So. Cool. Do you know any, any offhand? Oh, no. Gosh. No. Google. Google it. There it is. Beer cookies. Uh, yeah. I hate that. There you go. Beer works really well with like caramel and toffee uh, and oh. flavors like that or so, spices. Interesting. Toffee cake. Mm-hmm. What kind of beer would you normally use for that? Uh, depends on what you're going with. If you want to make something richer that has any kind of chocolate involved, you want to use a stout. Okay. Lighter beers for things that have more, I would say, nuanced flavors. Okay. Again, like caramels. Sure. Yeah, I get it. Very cool. Uh, okay. Awesome. Uh, Keegan, what do you think of uh, the beer? I think this strikes me as something that a, a beer drinker would really like. Like some someone who really appreciates beer would like this beer. Like uh, for me, like a Kolsch isn't isn't like my favorite thing. I like I like stouts and I like um, kind of like amber or like caramelly stuff. Uh, but this tastes like. Um, I don't want to say a basic beer, but it, it tastes like a classic beer, but done very well, is what I would say. Hmm. Okay, yeah. as opposed to some of the flavors that you might get from the stouts and the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. But okay. very nice. Neat. Neat yeah. take on it. Cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having these guys on regularly <laughs> if they're listening and they want to send us some beer. <laughs> nice, good plug. I'm trying to be yeah. sponsor-friendly recently. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's we used to be, or I used to be really mean in the 
in the uh, beer <laughs> segment. Well, at least yeah. they know you're genuine. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. the thing. What, what's this mean now, though? Oh, no, this is also genuine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, but oh, yeah, okay. a beer drinker's beer. Sure. Good for you. And Rob, have you, have you tried it yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And? I, uh, I appreciate it. It's very light in color, but it's got pretty strong flavor, and I... It has a very typical kind of beer aftertaste, but not, it doesn't taste like, I want to say like a bad beer lingers in a right. bad way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This one lingers, but in a kind of beer, but pleasant way. Mm-hmm. I like it. It doesn't taste cheap. Right. Exactly. Do we know where Brown Van Brewing is from? It's from Ottawa. I'm, it is. I'm a- almost certain. I'm pretty sure it was one of the ones that you can tour with uh, Brew Donkey. Okay, cool. Well, I've there's that. It on there, yeah. I don't know where, like location wise I mean, in ottawa but right in front of you they're mobile yeah. okay well uh they're, they're somewhere that's good <laughs> uh, so with that let's uh let's jump <laughs> to learning about you uh rap city do you have a nickname do you is that your is that your stage name is that it your, is my stage okay. name so rap city rap city tell us about you sort of how you got to where you are today and then sort of what you do all of that what's your story um well i moved to ottawa i guess 11 years ago for school from from where from Markham, Ontario. Okay, okay. I grew up in Montreal, but uh, yep. spent most of my teen years in the giant metropolis of Markham. Of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I came here for school. And then um, because I took an extra year to study by virtue of co-op and extracurriculars, and I was really bad at doing electives. Sure. Um, okay, that's fine. <laughs> after uh, the vast majority of my social circle graduated, I started to look into Ottawa and what is interesting about Ottawa outside of like the spoon-fed social culture that you, you have the benefit of having when yeah. you're in school. Yes. Um, and I found... Twitter. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, look at all these cool people. Sure. Uh, so I was, I was very much an early adopter um, for okay. Twitter. And uh, through Twitter, I found blogs like Apartment 613 yeah, and yeah. a lot of the local like movers and shakers and found that there was a very vibrant art scene locally. And that's how I found burlesque. So I started okay. going to burlesque shows. Now at the time, this is like 2009, 2010. Sure. Burlesque was still extremely countercultural, yeah. very DIY, a little bit punk rock, okay. lots of like electrical tape on nipples, things like that. Okay. Um, so I went to a show and started following a troupe called Rockalilly, which okay. at the time was one of only two or three active troops. Okay. For context, there's now, I think, eight. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so <laughs> so big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, one, uh, one of the... Uh, members of Rockalilly at the time was a breast cancer survivor. Oh. And they decided to do sort of a gesture of solidarity for her, and they did a fundraising show. Cool. The fundraiser was called Burlesque Idol, and it was (laughs) designed to get amateurs on stage to raise funds for a good cause and have a good time and kind of make an ass of yourself. And um, having seen a handful of these shows and feeling like I knew these women from Twitter, I was like, you know, why not? It's a good story. Definitely. Mm, yeah. <laughs> at, at worst, it's a good story. If nothing, at worst, yeah, exactly. it's a good story. If nothing else, I can tell people that I have done this thing. Yep. Um, it was three shows, and at the end of it, I was uh, recruited into the troupe. And really? And wow. that, you know, the rest is history. Um, so you won Burlesque yeah, Idol. That's you what the it idol sounds like. <laughs> at the time, there wasn't necessarily so much 
a winner declared. We still run Burlesque Idol. Well, no, as, not as officially, a, but unofficially, you were, you kind of won. I feel like I lucked out, <laughs> but it's actually you. it's yeah. worth noting <laughs> that all of almost all the competitors that were in the original Burlesque Idol went on to either found their own troops or start mm. their own creative projects. Oh, wow. all of them, like minus one or two. That's uh, so it was pretty crazy. That's like, a better percentage um, than American Idol. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Right? Yeah, um, it's the reverse. Uh, Del Roba of um, went on to found the Browncoats Burlesque, which is Ottawa's only exclusive nerdlesque troupe. Okay, okay. Nerdlesque being uh, obviously nerdy nudity. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's just one example. We all went on to do really great things. Sure, cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you talk a bit about, or maybe explain a bit about what burlesque is versus mm. other uh, entertainment? mediums media media <laughs> there it is format i think that burlesque is a hybrid of musical theater and striptease okay. oh i see that it blends a lot of different sort of industries and artistic disciplines um some performers are very circus influenced for example like i'm almost a fire artist so i right yes, i yeah, eat yeah. fire dance with fire do things uh, like that okay um some performers sing Um, Some performers dance, some performers have like very classical dance backgrounds. So you see a lot of ballet, you see a lot of tap dance, that sort of thing. Some performers specialize in physical comedy. So a lot of burlesque is very, very funny. Sure. Um, So yeah, I usually just say it's musical theater, just slightly more naked. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just a way to put it, I like it. Um, There is an element of partial nudity in almost all burlesque. Okay. I think that's the really only like common thread. Um, It's one of those things that thrives in a live atmosphere because I don't think any burlesque act is ever exactly the same every time Mm -hmm. because it's a very interactive medium. Depends on who's in the crowd, how they're responding, that sort of thing. Neat. So so a lot of people come from different uh, backgrounds, some of which, like you said, dance or otherwise. Mm -hmm. What was the background that you had or or, or where, where did you sort of drive your burlesque uh, dancing, as it were, or art, or, or, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, um, a classical dance background, okay. but I did have a background in, in music and in theater. Um, I, I came along the, the fire artistry, honestly, entirely for competitive reasons. It was, it was because Burlesque Idol was, you know, a competition and I started doing some research and at the time we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have some of the advantages that burlesque dancers debuting these days have, like YouTube. Yes. Right. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I decided that I wanted to learn to eat fire. Okay. And uh, so I did. Uh, how does one learn to eat fire? Combination of online tutorials and lessons with local circus performers. Okay. Ottawa has a wonderful circus community. Um, there's a lot of cross-pollination between the two scenes. Interesting. Hmm. Um, which is very interesting because the uh, local circus scene and the local burlesque scene have a lot in common, but a lot different. And when I say circus, I include everything from, you know, buskers like street entertainers to aerial acrobats. Sure. So like okay. it can mm-hmm. totally different things. Hula hoop artists, clowns. Absolutely. I dabble in clown myself. Yeah. <laughs> I do. In, in what sense? Uh, clown is a, is again another another theatrical art. I, so as as burlesque or as most outside? mostly as burlesque. Okay. Um, I'm really fleshing out my material for what I call non naked clowning. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
which is, it is a point of contention actually in, in the clown world. I have a lot of performers that I know who are clowns that I hold in super utmost regard who have mixed feelings about the intersection between nudity and clowning. Really? These are, these are a lot of sentences that I never thought we would say or have said on this podcast, but it, it's really interesting. I, I, yeah. I find it yeah. fascinating. Burlesque is one of those things that it, uh, it is, you know, predominantly an adult entertainment form, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take the burlesque movie, for example, uh, that starring Christina Aguilera and Cher. Right. <laughs> That film caused a lot of problems for the professional burlesquers in the city because there isn't, uh, except for one number in the movie, there isn't any <laughs> disrobing of any kind. It's right. all just fancy, oh, fancy ladies sorry. dancing in fancy costumes huh. and being kind of saucy. Right. So people saw this movie and they're like, that's great. I want that for my party. And so now when people book me for parties, I have to be like... Do Just you know. want me to take off my clothes or not? <laughs> right. And sometimes they're very surprised by this question. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the film got a lot of things right. Sure. In terms of costuming and style and things like that. But for ratings purposes, it really dialed right. down. Yeah. Sure. The sexuality. That huh. said, burlesque, I don't believe has to be something reserved completely for adults. Okay. Um, I did a fundraiser in the Eastern townships to rebuild a hockey arena and it was an all ages show. Sure. There were people like babes in arms and children and teenagers and adults and like senior citizens there. Hmm. A nice mix of everybody. A nice mix of everybody because I absolutely don't believe that nudity is inherently sexual nor that nudity is inherently inappropriate. Okay. Right. It depends on context. Depends on the context. Exactly. And so, um, for, you know, consumption of younger audiences, burlesque can easily adapt itself to be more about, more about comedy, for example, Mm. than about sexuality. Interesting. So I do want to, I guess, emphasize that while burlesque is about sensual self-expression, it's not necessarily sexy. Okay. It does a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's about making people laugh. Sure. Hmm. Absolutely. And and how, how long would a typical burlesque uh, act act go usually about four minutes roughly mm-hmm. okay like uh, an entire act oh like sorry i mean like a single like, like a single number is usually I, about the length of a right. song that makes okay. sense um my show runs from 8 p.m to 10 p.m okay um with two intermissions you get usually about nine acts um plus whatever the host is doing sometimes the mm. host sings sometimes they do tricks that makes sense whatever so you know tying it to what you were saying earlier and that it's 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 like a a musical like it's like mm-hmm. you know a, a comedy act whatever you know are, are each of the numbers typically tied together uh, in some form to to tell a story of some kind or do you often just see just very different experiences for for each it number It depends on the show there's okay. a lot of shows that have a narrative structure um or some kind of an overlying theme Sure yeah uh for example in January Kitty Knievel uh runs a blacklight burlesque show okay. so it's all like circus influenced and blacklight active show. So it's a, it's a glow show. Okay. Yeah. So all the acts sort of have that theme tied together. Interesting. It's okay. called, yeah, it's Frisky Femmes Under the Black Top. Okay. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, slightly self-serving as I'm in it. Um, <laughs> but, but it does spring to mind when I think about like a narrative um, or an overlying theme. My show tends to be very um, like variety show format. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So everything is different. Interesting. Um, the one thing that I say about my show is that if somebody walks in in the middle of an act, any act, yep. 
if this is their first time seeing burlesque, they're going to want to stay. Hmm. Oh, okay. That, and that's your goal or you feel like that's what you accomplish? That's, that's what I, when I book, when I book performers, that's okay. what I look for. Um, that also means that I do place some stylistic restrictions on artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like I usually say no gore. Okay. Sure. Like, okay. Oh, like some, what? like blood. The people, people do that? Like, have you seen Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gorlesque oh. is a thing. Oh. Um, is, is it staged or is it real? Like, actual blood? I have seen both. Uh, really? Okay. There's uh, at least two artists in the city who do live piercing. Okay. Um, okay. As part of their burlesque routines. Hmm. So sometimes, yes, the blood is real. Wow. Uh, sometimes it's fake, but I, I, I frankly don't care. Sure. Uh, when yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> except yeah. for, like, unless it's a Halloween show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because not every, like... The whole point of my show is to reach people who don't know about burlesque yet and to make it a welcoming atmosphere for everybody, Mm -hmm. Um, performers and audience members alike. So while I do make certain sacrifices, I guess, like there's a lot to be gained by giving artists free reign to do what they want. Makes sense. Um, However, I don't want, you know, Susan and George from the suburbs to walk into my show after having dinner in the market. Oh, this will be a fun date night, Susan. <laughs> yeah. And then they walk in and some poor woman is like pouring blood all herself yeah, from a sure. vat. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> this is not what I would call the most accessible okay. performance. Right, sure. right. Which doesn't mean it doesn't have artistic value. It's just not what I do at my show. Now, going from show to show, how would somebody know what they're getting into? Or or do you just have to be familiar with uh, the group or troop? Or, or uh, That is uh, why a lot of troops have like dedicated followings, because people find a troop that they like and they stick with it. I see. Um, or a show that they like, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I am a big proponent of telling people, like just because you've seen one burlesque show, don't think that it represents the entirety of the industry. Makes sense. And I think it's the responsibility of the producers by way of their hosts to be able to communicate to an audience exactly what the point of the show is and how it's different from everything else that exists. Interesting. For example, there's a show um, that happens twice a month at the Rainbow called The Evening of Sin. Okay. And it is an open casting show. So basically it's like burlesque open mic. Hmm. Wow. Um. Which means that... You don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting. I get it. Okay. Pretty much ever. Um, (laughs) Which can be a lot of fun. I love open mic nights. Sure. And it's great, especially for newer performers, to be able to cut their teeth on a live stage in front of a live audience. Sure. Um, However, that's very different from something like my show, which is is curated. Yeah. So you know that you're getting a certain style, a certain artistic vision... It's yeah. going to be very cabaret influenced, very circus influenced yep. because it's associated with me. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we haven't actually talked about your show. Where <laughs> is your show? When is your show? My show is every Wednesday at the Bourbon Room. Okay. Doors are at seven and show is at eight. You'll okay. be done by 10 so you can go home to bed or elsewhere. There you go. And how did you get involved with Bourbon Room? Uh, I had performed a few gigs there um, just for one shot events, mostly doing fire uh, stuff because I'm a fire eater. Yep. Um, I think it was Fireball Whiskey was sponsoring some events. <laughs> so cool. It was Makes on. Sense. It was on brand in any case. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and um, because I also produce on the side, uh, the management of the Bourbon Room approached me about the idea of doing a weekly show. So. Um, and I was not the only producer approached, is my understanding. Okay. Um, but I am the one who took the bait. And <laughs> It's a lot of work, so I, I don't blame anyone else who was not necessarily interested, but it's yeah. been a very rewarding venture. Um, and the basic format is you get two hours of show, 
the show is different every single week. Yep. I routinely feature artists from out of town, um, okay. usually from Toronto, yeah. Montreal, but it previously has been as far away as Tokyo and New Zealand. Oh, wow. Um, I have in the past year had 130 different entertainers on the stage. Whoa. How many on a given night usually? Usually you'll get about five different performers doing two acts each. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. So do you have um, like kind of like pillars or like set acts and then rotating people through or is it all all new every week? It's different every week. Pretty much the only thing that stays the same is myself. I am there every week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> come hell or high water <laughs> and um my uh the resident dj dj scotty is okay. there every week he holds the whole thing together god mm. bless him and, <laughs> uh you'll see some familiar faces because we have a lot of regulars yeah but other than that like the show is different the host is different even the stage kitten sorry the industry term for stage hand the person who oh. gets to pick up all the pieces and put everything back together <laughs> okay stage kitten stage kitten i love it okay <laughs> um so even the stage kitten is different every week interesting so that's really what keeps our regulars coming back i think that they get high quality entertainment every week and it's always different right and that's a lot of work right you're yeah, yeah. you're like finding all these people and auditioning and and making sure like they have what they need i guess as well like it's- absolutely and i'm very much indebted to the fact that ottawa has such a robust talent base locally mm-hmm. not just burlesque wise but circus wise singers dancers okay. things like that i try to book variety acts as well so sometimes i have comedians or you know acrobats or sure. things like that interesting yeah. drag artists yeah, yeah, yeah. so i, I want to talk a little bit more about uh sort of i guess those scenes in ottawa and what else uh you like about the city mm-hmm. but first we'll jump to a segment what's classic ottawa classic ottawa is our news segment where we make fun of things that are going on in ottawa i just as i was i'm saying this now should we rename this to ottawa news <laughs> wouldn't that be like Stay a better brand. Tie-in? Might, might be confusing We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Ottawa. Anyways, Classic yeah, here's our first story. <laughs> <laughs> a hateful message was spray painted on an elementary school in Canada this week. The message includes a swastika and the letters KKK, but parents were most upset that uh, the news article said Canada instead of Ottawa. The news article? The news article that it was about. Sorry, oh, I tried to change right. it on the fly. Yeah, there you go. That's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> A South Keys woman decided to get married in a unique way. This, oh my God. Is this your phone or is this a mom's writing? This is my phone, but I clicked on something by accident. <laughs> a, South, a South Keys woman decided to get married in a unique way this weekend. Immediately after saying, I do, the couple planned to bungee jump together, but the groom backed out in what he hoped would be the quickest way to get the whole till death do us part thing. <laughs> University of Ottawa students unanimously voted in favor of official bilingualism. Mm-hmm. That's that joke, apparently. That's, that's, that's all that's written there. <laughs> well, let's move on. And finally, <laughs> seven Ottawa marijuana dispensaries were raided last weekend, and employees were surprised, having assumed that the store fell into a legal gray zone. In a response, police said in a statement, it does not. <laughs> that was the news this week all right great we, we were talking right before the show about how practiced amon seemed he was improving so much and then keegan did the exact opposite and i i can't tell if it's keegan's fault or amon's fault or part of both it's, it's different when you're not reading your own jokes uh but also uh you forgot to refresh your page oh sorry uh, so that's what happened uh, joke. Uh, uh did you guys know that that all those uh pot dispensaries were not legal yeah 
Because they've, they've been talking for all about mm-hmm. legalizing. And so I think they've kind of, it does I, seem like kind of a gray area. I always assumed that if they set up a storefront, they must have done something to no. like, there must have been like someone checking or applied for a license. Or, well, it depends on what the license says, right? Mm-hmm. Or the application says. Right. But, uh, but it, they didn't shut down all pot dispensaries. They mm-hmm. shut down just a certain company's dispensaries uh, oh, based really? out of BC. The rest yeah. are apparently still open. Oh, yeah. but, but not legal. I'm not. Uh, yeah, maybe I think not they're that. taking the Uber approach, yeah, right and that they're just going to make people enjoy the service enough <laughs> that uh, citizens will lobby for changes to the yeah, legislation. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, and they're already Which, talking about it. That was part of the liberal platform last fall, exactly, yeah. and expected for 2017, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So around year. April or something. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Um, uh. But uh, so let's let's get back to the burlesque and all, you know circus scene as well. So I'm not. I'm not familiar uh, with the burlesque scene. I know I've seen that. Well, I, I've actually heard the, the one at Bourbon Room, whether it was yours or somebody else. I know, but the Bourbon Room has it. I know Babylon might have it from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure where somebody might go to. Like, do you have an idea of, of venues for that and or circus type uh, uh, shows? Mm-hmm. The reason that uh, one of the reasons I was so enthusiastic about having a weekly was very much to give burlesque a sort of home base okay because previously it was people would say oh well where do i go to see burlesque and people would be like oh well here's a flyer for this show that's happening in three weeks and maybe right. if you google our troop and it was always like one shots or even evening of sin which is every other tuesday it's like oh is this an on week or an off week i don't know right, right. it was hard to find something reliable that people could go to sure uh so now it's like if you want to see burlesque it's every Wednesday. It's at the Bourbon Room. You can count on it. And the best thing is that performers can flyer and promote their events Love at it. this show. Right. So if you go to the Bourbon Room show, you will very often hear about upcoming big productions. You mentioned Babylon. Yes. Um, Babylon is home base for my home troupe, Rockalily. Oh, it makes wow. me very happy that you know it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we were there on Halloween for uh, our annual event, Zombie Strippers, sure. which was, I think, the ninth. Eighth or ninth annual zombie strippers. Is that right? Wow, wow. nice while. Yes. That's great. <laughs> uh, so a lot of different venues uh, locally have um, burlesque. I mean, I've already mentioned the Bourbon Room several times. Uh, the Rainbow for Evening of Sin. Babylon has Rock Lily shows. We also see a lot of burlesque at Fat Boys. The Capital T's have their monthly there. Fat Boys. Fat it's Boys? in the market. Okay. Um, yep. And uh, Kinky has become a uh, a local hotspot for burlesque as well. Their host, really? they sort of revived the burlesque brunch, oh, which okay. was an institution for a while. When huh. um, when Maxwell's closed, the burlesque brunch kind of shut down. Interesting. Um, so it's got a new home base at That's Kinky, cool. which yeah. is great. Yep, yep, yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. And and what about um, what about circus shows? Because you you, you mentioned it a few times at the circus. Can you say circus community? This uh, whatever you want to call it, but 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 it, it's quite active as well. But yes, it's, it's, it seems unless unless you're looking for it, I, I suppose maybe almost like burlesque. Uh, it's it's hard to start to find. Uh, me, I've at least come across that there are shows for burlesque, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. that yet for uh, you know circus type acts. I think that it's. Very Ottawa, what you just said. It's hard to yeah. find unless you're looking for it. <laughs> right. Um, that is, that is something that I, I feel about Ottawa is that Ottawa is not boring, but it's also not easy mode right. for right. entertainment. Yeah, I like that. Um, <laughs> you do <laughs> have to put down. in at least a token effort to figure out what's going on. Sure. Hmm. Um, the circus scene is, um, I would almost call it the circus industry because, uh, okay. it tends to be, 
much more, I would say, business oriented than perhaps some of the artistic communities like burlesque. Um, because most of the circus entertainers I know are, you know, full time working artists. Uh, where I, I can't necessarily say that about most burlesque performers. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fact that I have on several occasions in my lifetime worked full time as a burlesque performer is makes me something of a an unusual bird in this city. Nice. Um that would not be unusual for some somewhere like Montreal or Toronto, but right. so that's the difference. Right? So it's a little bit unusual in Ottawa. Um circus, however, is a little different. Again, I said circus covers a huge swath of performers everywhere from magicians to acrobats right. to, you know, aerialists, jugglers, yeah. all that sorts of thing. I know quite a few performers who um, work full time and they are either working for mostly corporate entertainment okay. or they're teaching oh, yeah. or they are busking. Right. And yes. often a combination of the three. Right. Okay. Um, you see that in the market sometimes. Yes, so you do see okay. that in the market. I yeah. know all of these people. Okay, there you go. <laughs> they're delightful. They're very talented. Occasionally, when it's not the summer, they agree to do my show. That's nice. <laughs> so it's about that time now. It is. Yeah, it, it's, it, it warms my heart when the uh, the weather starts <laughs> getting cold enough that the buskers are finally interested in doing my show again. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, because they can make more money on the, like, working, right. working yes. the, the, sir, the, gosh... I was going to say they can make more money working the street. Um, <laughs> we we get what you mean, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, during the summer months, busking, definitely. Yeah, yeah busking. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the great things about buskers is that it's uh, kind of like what I was talking about with making burlesque accessible. They make circus accessible. Sure. Yeah. We've got really world-class talent in the city. Interesting. Like performers who have worked with Cirque du Soleil, yeah. National Circus School trained performers hmm. really extraordinary talent and they are out in the blistering hot sun <laughs> doing shows for whatever people see fit to pay them interesting and i think that is admirable but it's also really great in terms of bringing that kind of entertainment to everybody yeah yeah absolutely yeah. um and like yes it's much i i would prefer them to be getting you know, extraordinary numbers of dollars for working corporate gigs. Right. But the fact is that uh, corporate gigs don't happen every day of the week. Right. No, of course not. That makes sense. Yeah. Am I imagining that Busker Fest was a thing this summer? Uh, Busker Fest is a thing it's every year. a couple year. years now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Busker Fest has worked actually with the Ottawa Burlesque Festival. We do an annual oh, show great. together um, called uh, Buskers and Burlesque. And it's at the Marriott. And it allows the buskers to do their less than family friendly material. <laughs> sure. Right. The stuff they can't necessarily do on the street in the middle of the day on Sparks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and blends it with burlesque. Sure. Uh, and that's a lot of fun because it allows burlesque performers to showcase some of their more unusual skills. Yep. Uh, like I produced the burlesque end of that or uh, that entertainment this year. And okay. like we had a tap dancer, for example, and that's oh, very fun, yeah. something and you mentioned like, where do I see circus shows? And, uh, Unfortunately, it's, you know, nightclubs, um, big corporate parties yeah. on the street in the Byward Market yeah. or at burlesque shows. Okay. Huh. One I of guess the, so. One of the which, funny things is that bur burlesque producers um, are great bookers of, of circus entertainers. Right. Because we have a lot of we have a lot of respect for what they do and yeah. uh, believe that it should be staged. 
I routinely book tap dancers mostly because I love tap dance <laughs> and I don't know where else to see it. <laughs> so put, put them on your show. No, it's yeah, true. It's, it's like, on. I'll just have it at my house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Good, yeah. good stuff. And, uh, uh, one last thing before we move mm-hmm. on to, to, uh, you know, other stuff about Ottawa. Um, you also teach burlesque. I do. That's interesting. So where and when and how often and, you know, tell us about teaching burlesque. I teach uh, three days a week at Dance with Atlanta. Okay. Um, there's two locations for the studio, one in the Glebe and one at Bank and McLaren. Yeah. Okay. Um, I teach several levels of burlesque. Right now I'm teaching a my first actually all gender beginners class is starting on uh, Thursday. Oh, because burlesque, I, should, I probably should have mentioned this before. Burlesque is not just for women. Sure. Um, yeah, it's yeah. an all genders bag. Sure. Uh, for masculine presenting artists, we usually call it boylesque. Boylesque? Boylesque. Okay. Sure. Um, Ottawa actually now has a dedicated boylesque troupe called the Bytown Boys, um, okay, which okay. is great. Yeah, so, yeah. for those of you who are interested in, you know, saucy fellas taking their clothes off covered in sequins, um, <laughs> which is, of course, distinct from something like Magic Mike. Because um, sure. yes. it's uh, where, you know, I always say that like club stripping and burlesque were, were spiritual kin. Right. But, uh, and I would say. It's still very different. I would say different in in style, but not in substance. Okay. Okay. I also, like strippers make more money. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw that in there. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. And, and, uh, and as they should, because they, they put in um, more work and are generally um, at greater risk and more marginalized and have to deal with all kinds of garbage that sure. burlesque performers don't. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. um, but uh, yeah, we have the Bytown Boys, which is, is great. We had two of them at the show with zombie strippers. Okay. Um, oh, nice. But teaching burlesque. So I have um, my all genders beginner class on Thursday nights. On Tuesday nights, I teach a class called the Tuesday Night Tease, which is a choreography class. It's a drop-in. So if you're ever bored on a Tuesday night at 8.30, come by 340 McLaren. Um, (laughs) Love it. And uh, it's it's a non-stripping class. So it's choreography based exclusively. Because a lot of what burlesque is is not necessarily that you're taking off your clothes. It's how you're doing it and your style and your attitude. Sure. Mm -hmm. So the Tuesday Night Tease is about learning to apply that style and that attitude to different styles of music. That's interesting. So we do a different style every week. Okay. We've done reggae, hip hop, cabaret, heavy metal. You know, we do all kinds of things. That's a wide range. I also let my students make requests. Okay. Which what, is a huge can of worms. What's um, the more stranger request you've had in terms of music style or music? Um, I had a student request to do music to like an acapella song. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it. Which was, is not that bad. Actually, one of the yeah. artists that I have at my show this week, St. Stella from Toronto, has a beautiful piece, which is actually just spoken word. Oh. oh, so like I maintain that you can do burlesque to anything. Well, hmm. yeah, if you try. Apparently. Yeah, that's it. Um, so that's the Tuesday night tease, and then Monday nights I have my soloist workshop class, which okay. is in the Glebe. Uh, that happens on a stage and is designed for performers who really want to like perform in public, right? And yeah. Develop their own work, and that's uh, that has a lot more in common with a theater class than a dance class, I would say. Okay, okay, because very much about workshopping materials, talking about costumes, things like that. Not bad. Okay. Sure. 
And you just mentioned spoken word. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a perfect transition into you do a bit of poetry yourself, correct? I do. I do. Um, talk a bit about that? Well, I, I studied English literature. Uh, okay. That's why I came here in the first place. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a couple of years back, I found a tool called Twine. And I don't know if you know about it. It's an, it's a, uh, an HTML sort of editing program that allows you to make sort of hypertext based text based based fiction um so have you ever read a choose your own adventure novel yes of course yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so when you like read text and it's like well if you want to open the door you go here turn to page five sure and Mm -hmm. if you want to run in the opposite direction turn to page 10 sure same kind of idea except these are hypertext so it's like click to open the door or click to run away i love that yeah um and i got really into we call it um interactive fiction because basically just text but has a certain video game element to it yeah right so I read a lot of these things and I started thinking about how to apply this style of thinking to other forms of writing. So I started writing poetry in Twine. Interesting. Which basically means so like you have, you know, the first stanza of a poem yeah. and then depending on which line you click on it, it'll actually take you to a different huh. place. So the poem can actually be read in approximately well, most of my poems can be read in about twelve different ways. Whoa. Depending on where you click. So the right. way the story and the, the sense of the poem evolves is determined not only by me, the writer, but also by the actions and choices of the reader. Which almost, it must make it that much more difficult to write. Oh, it's, uh, it's monstrously difficult yeah, to write. I was going to say, um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Um, and I don't see an, a, a ton of other uh, non linear poets out there. Um, but I think. That's what's uh, called. Is that well, a name you coined? Honestly, that's what I called it. Yeah. Oh, I that's, um, that's, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I haven't seen a lot of other people doing um, specifically poetics, but there's a lot of twine, I would say, stories that I would call poetry. Okay. I don't okay. know if their writers would sure. call them that. Right. Okay, sure. Huh. But Interesting. I certainly consider them as such. So so what was your motivation behind doing this? Because it's clearly not a more uh, popular form of, you know, in, in the sense of like uh, authors writing that style. Mm-hmm. So what was um, your motivation? Artistic gratification. Okay, sure. I would That'll say. That would do it. Yeah. Um, I deeply love video games sure. and uh, love the way that especially adventure games can be mapped. Yep. Uh, things like the illusion of choice yep. and yep. dialogue trees, those sorts of things. I'm very deeply interested in how mm. those are built. Um, cool. I did briefly write for a video game company. So oh, you did? I did. Oh. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a pet interest of mine. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm very interested in seeing how we can apply those fascinating sort of models like illusion of choice to yeah. other forms of expression. Interesting. And, you know, if people wanted to read some of your materials, is it published anywhere? Is it posted anywhere? Or do you rather keep that to yourself? Your call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if you want, you, know, you can decide later and we can link it on our, our mm-hmm. site. And if not, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's fairly easy to find if you know that I live in Ottawa. Okay, sure. There you go. Um, I don't generally... Uh, <laughs> associate my muggle name with my performer name in the same um like bodies of text however it my my performing life is absolutely not a secret and uh, like my family knows everyone knows i put it on my resumes um well yes especially because uh i've only i've only very occasionally take 
muggle jobs. Non-burlesque jobs. I only very occasionally take non-burlesque jobs, but when I do, I obviously have to account for what I've been doing sure. professionally in the meantime. Like you, you don't know, want a whole well, a two-year hole. I was yeah. dealing drugs. You know, I had to say, I had to say what I was doing. And very often, it's I I launched a burlesque, you know, show. Sure, yeah. I was producing a festival, you know, things like that. Totally. So it's absolutely not a secret. I just for branding purposes like to. I get that little bit of mystery. I get that. Not bad. (laughs) Very cool. It's a good mystery. Yeah. yeah, I guess. (laughs) So with that, we have, do we have a game? Do we have, Uh, Rob has a story. Yeah. I have a story. story? I, uh, well, I've been thinking a lot for the last year and a bit about the U S election. And then I got a piece of news today and I found out that Hillary Clinton ruined my birthday. I'm sorry. Hillary Clinton ruined my birthday. My birthday was back in July. Okay. And my wife got me tickets to Amy Schumer's show. Amy Schumer has been uh, stumping a lot, um, talking on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Okay. The last couple of weeks, especially very heavily. I don't know where you're going. She lost her voice. Amy Schumer lost her voice and canceled the Canadian leg of her tour. I actually heard that on the radio in the Uber on my way here. Is that right? To film this. Amy Schumer. And that was going to be my birthday gift. That's crazy. She had to cancel. She has no voice. So what happened? Well, it's been rescheduled. It, yeah, they moved them to February, but whether or not, I don't know, we're, we're still up in the air how, if how things it. are going to go. Oh, no. but, uh, yeah. That stinks. Sorry, Rob. It's very sad, but. Why, why, why did you need to, to say that? Because it was, it was, it was relating to the election. I thought we might want to talk oh, about the election. Keegan's game relates to the election. It oh, so does. we do have a game. Okay. Yes. There we go. Oh, very cool. There is anyway, a, I'm uh, sorry, Rob. Very- <laughs> <laughs> sorry about your birthday. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a very July. important big election coming up. And so I thought we would play one of uh, our famous games on the podcast that pits team guest versus team Ottawa. Okay. We will see if team Ottawa can, uh, pull out a win for the first time ever maybe we'll see if you guys can pull your weight this game is called the election you never think of names no. until right up no until i let my the quality of my work speak for itself okay doesn't need sounds it sounds good so i'm gonna give you sounds a lot uh uh some hints as to this uh team guest so like just me oh yes yeah. your team guest so this is like like evolve right like you got i'm the yeah. monster the kaiju and you guys are the hunters exactly okay. <laughs> i got this it's fine uh, i'm gonna give you some hints about uh a certain person running and you have to tell me who it is okay <laughs> all right pretty pretty uh standard for the big election coming up yep uh happening as we speak yeah 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 there you go rhapsody would you like as team guest you get to choose first or a second would you like to go first or second i would like to go first first okay rhapsody blue your hint is uh this person running had his own reality television show <laughs> oh my god i feel like the gendered pronouns are a bit of a giveaway yeah yeah no, this let's shoot I, I, said, I said this person on purpose to try to say uh, right. <laughs> this person running had its own reality show all right that's fine. who is donald trump donald trump okay <laughs> great job team guest nice. one point to nothing solid okay uh team ottawa this person is the head of the people's political party and is most known for being a notable homeless person uh gary johnson I'm sorry, the answer is Kevin Mark Clark. What? Who is running, of course, in the upcoming uh, Ottawa-Vanier by-election. Oh, 
the upcoming election, of course, the big <laughs> Gary Johnson yes, being a libertarian. I had, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like, There's a bunch of important elections coming up. Of course, I'm just, I'm just doing a random. Oh, you're just saying any election? I'm taking up. people from a bunch of elections coming up, so it's Great. totally random. Ah. This is how it works every yeah. week. This is what he does every uh, week. <laughs> Rhapsody Blue. This, oh sorry, team uh, uh, guest. <laughs> I almost said team Ottawa. <laughs> team guest, your next clue. This person is the former Secretary of State for the United States of America. I feel like you're just going easy on me. Uh, it's so, I have a randomizing app. Who is Hillary Clinton? It is Hillary Clinton. Very nice. Good job. Two, nothing. All wow. right. Yeah. Ottawa, pick it up. Okay. <laughs> this person is a lawyer who served as the Ontario Ombudsman. Ombudsman <laughs> from 2005 to 2015. <laughs> Ombudsman. Uh, okay. Uh, Who is that? Ombudsman. It's probably it's probably the liberal candidate Ombudsman. in Ottawa, Vanier, whose name I conveniently do not remember. Is that not your your district or yeah. writing? Is? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think her first name is Natalie. De, her name is Natalie De Something, but yeah, I don't remember with her Natalie. last name. Natalie De Something. I'm sorry. The answer is Andre Marin. Okay. It's wrong. All right, great. wrong guy. Okay, who yeah. was quite famous on Twitter, actually? Oh yeah, was he? Not necessarily for the best reasons, but famous on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Oh, what? Oh, Look at that. Wikipedia. He's quirky. Let's okay, see. okay. So listeners can Google that. Okay, <laughs> uh, Rhapsody Blue, just for fun, you're all right, you're gonna crush these guys. But uh, just for fun, the last question. Um, this person. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing at yourself. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, this person's last name was Sanders and nearly won the Democratic was? vote. <laughs> is, is, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Unless he changed his name. He's going yeah. no. to witness protection. He's leaving. Yeah, that's it. Goodbye, Vermont. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Who is Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders. Great job. Oh. Jobs us three nothing. Do you guys want a question? Yeah, we, we definitely want a third question. One, okay, yeah. redemption question here that I have on my phone. This, this is just the good. random. Yeah, this, this is the randomizer this, working. This, this person his occupation is listed as professional gambler. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> These are not even very good clues. <laughs> can can right. can you tell them like what election this pertains to? Uh, I don't think it would I'll help. let you guess. <laughs> I'll give you three guesses of which election this is. Uh, I feel like was there there was a candidate in the U.S. election. Okay, that, wait. Uh, I'll throw you guys. I'll throw you guys a bone. Okay. Uh, on Wikipedia, his other names include. I remember this guy. The engineer, the gambler, the banking system engineer, bank fighter extraordinaire, Taj <laughs> professor, great Canadian gambler, oh great king Canadian. of the papers, and smartest man on earth. Ca. A few, wow. his, a few of his other oh names. King of the papers? And he's, he's running say, for election. I want to go with that, yeah. run with the king of the papers thing and say Conrad Black. That's what I was thinking, but I don't think he's running. <laughs> no, I don't think he's running either. <laughs> All right, Conrad Black. The answer is John C. Turmel, who is yeah. uh, a perennial candidate for elections in Canada, apparently. Do you think? Great. No. Nope. Do you think he's related to our writer, no. Eric? No way. No? No. All right. Okay. So thanks for the that's, <laughs> Could that's be, game. Guess yeah. what's set? Very topical so game. We've yet to win. Yeah. Team guest? You Team could, Kaiju. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably why, wonder why we haven't won. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan's very friendly to us. Um, okay. So let's. Uh, I want to make sure that we covered everything that. Uh, well, I, you know, we haven't actually talked about just Ottawa in general. Like we, we talked about how if you're looking for a type of scene, you sort of have to like 
make a point to actually look at it. It's not really coming at you in Ottawa at the very least. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's how people can get more involved in different, different art scenes. We've talked about improv scenes in the past, you know, mm-hmm. you spoke with the burlesque scene and, uh, and sort of busking and uh, sort mm-hmm. of slash circus industry. Uh, but yeah, what, uh, you know, you've been here for over 10 years now. Over 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just trying to do the math here. That's okay. Uh, so yeah, what what are your thoughts? Like, uh, what what do you like about Ottawa? What are places you like to go? Uh, restaurants, things of that sort. What what do you like? I I adore Ottawa, and I think that it has so much to offer. Whenever I meet someone who has never heard of burlesque in Ottawa, I get so excited. So I'm like, oh my God, look at you, Untapped Market. Hey, <laughs> let me tell you, but. Uh, <laughs> But I think that the great thing about Ottawa is that if you follow um, like local Ottawa Twitter people, listen to Ottawa podcasts, mm-hmm. follow Ottawa blogs, mm-hmm. there's so much happening. Um, the Apartment 613 calendar, I just love if yeah, I'm like yeah. looking for something to do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like just Definitely. pull it up, be like, what is happening right now? Tell me. Sure. Um, and it's not even all encompassing, of course. No, no, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, what I love about Ottawa is that uh, everything is very accessible. Okay. Um, that is, ugh, now that I've said that, <laughs> Ottawa has a real big problem with mm, venues that are not wheelchair accessible. And I include the sure. Bourbon Room in this problem. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, as, a pro- as an event producer, one of our challenges is making uh, events that are financially accessible to people who don't necessarily have a ton of money or, you know, can they see if they're in a wheelchair or like asking people to stand all night? That's not something that everyone can do. So I realized I was saying, I love Ottawa. And then I was like, I have beef with (laughs) Ottawa. Um, (laughs) As long as you know. But uh, what I like about Ottawa is the people. There's so much creativity and talent clustered here. People have this strange idea that because it is, you know, a public service and tech town that people just don't do anything else. Right. Um, but one of the great things is that people have these robust creative lives outside of their jobs. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, you're a software engineer, but what else do you do for fun? Sure. Sure. And that's what I find is the question is, what else do you do? And everyone I've met in Ottawa has these endless lists. Right. About maybe they knit. Maybe sure. they are, you know, a street artist. Maybe they are a musician. Absolutely, yeah. Maybe they really, maybe they design their own board games. You sure, know, like yeah. I, <laughs> so many really cool people in Ottawa. And I think that what makes a city is not its necessarily its architecture or its looks or its light rail or whatever. Um, <laughs> It's his people. Yes. And I love the people in Ottawa. And every time I think about absconding to another city, I just think, well, you know, but there's so many cool people here. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't met, you know, most of them. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also a little niche establishments. I know that, you know, the profit margins in the hospitality industry are not that great. Okay. So I admire the uh the stalwart defiance of all these of all these people who insist on opening bars and right. restaurants yeah and there yeah. are so many great places to eat and drink in ottawa the food is outrageous here absolutely it is like it? off the hook sure and i love ostentatious cocktails sure. um <laughs> 
I recently uh, went to Prohibition Public House for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I um, love that spot. Yeah. Which is great because uh, people ask me like, oh, is there anywhere that's on your list? And I'm like, well, let me just pull up the Google Doc right. <laughs> of places I haven't been yet. There you go. Because there are so many. Absolutely. Uh, so many really cool businesses. And I think that it is indicative of, of passion because, again, the, the level of financial risk it takes to, to run a bar – uh, or a restaurant is significant sure. and profit margins are not that great. Sure. And so the fact that these, there are people out there and I don't just mean the owners, but I mean like the chefs, the bus boys, yeah. the servers, everyone, the fact that they are making this a thing, even in face of, you know, a lot of studies that are suggesting that things like nightclubs and restaurants are dying. Right. Um, I think it's wonderful. It's yeah. a beautiful thing that artists will continue to make art. And sometimes that art, you know, is a really cool, you know, grapefruit bourbon cocktail. Sure. And sometimes it's a painting. Yeah. Right. I love that. That's mm. that's great. And I think that's, uh, well, we've run up on time, so I think that's a perfect place to sort of end the episode. Uh, so with that, uh, let's give you a chance to, to plug anything you want to plug again, including websites, social media, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh have at her. Um, follow me on Instagram. I'm Rhapsody Burlesque. I promise you will not be disappointed. Ha ha, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> come to the Bourbon Room every Wednesday. Doors are at 7. Show starts at 8. It's different every week. You'll see me there. Say hi and say that you heard me on this podcast and maybe you'll get something for it. Wow. Awesome. And uh, should we give Keegan a chance here? <laughs> I don't know. Hesitating Keegan. <laughs> Keegan, tell us... Tell the listeners where they can find us. Oh, you can find us at ottawatpodcast.com. <laughs> okay, yeah. We should Super make him confident. go to the site every it day. It should be .ca. That's what... It, uh, let's let's stop. I mean, you've been but, doing that for 113 okay, episodes. Anyways. What we're going to do, Keegan, you're going to buy ottawatpodcast.ca <laughs> and you can redirect it and then you won't get confused. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We have an Instagram? Yeah. 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 And so it's just Or we can search Ottawa. And it it comes up on the first page now, which it is does, nice. yeah. It is a plus, yeah. Yeah. Uh Rob, do you wanna finish that off? Yeah, I wanna say if, if people have gotten this far in the episode, yep. they're they're obviously dedicated listeners. I want I want only the dedicated listeners to hear this part. I want oh. you to let us know on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram if you want, although you can't send stuff to people on Instagram. Is Amon sick in this episode or oh, not? Come on. That's fun. It's like a secret yeah, track at the end true. of an album. Yeah. If you play this podcast backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you think I'm on a sick, it. let yeah. us know. Okay. If you think he's fine, also let us know. And what happens? Do we just like collect the answers? Is that- we'll we'll sick, try to like, come up. If, if we get answers, we'll come up with oh, a prize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll come up with a prize. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah okay. something. Sounds good. Great. So Keegan says he'll send you something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, we also have we're on uh, I, I guess iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, SoundCloud, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we missing anything else? Ottawa News. Ottawa News is our satire news website where we write fake news articles, and uh, people mainly dislike them. People people <laughs> like that last one, the the shawarma one. Oh yeah, that's good. So, so people on Facebook really liked it. I yeah. posted on Reddit and people hate it. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Do you get people yeah, thinking it's real? Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. So that's yeah. why they hate us. That's our uh, theory is that 
Well, yeah, some would say they're not well written. Other people would say it's because uh, they think it's real, and then they get all defensive when they realize that they they've been duped. That, that sometimes that it's the opposite. I don't yeah. know if you remember on Spark Street, uh, there was an incident of an artist trying to give away T-shirts. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, remember that. Yeah, yeah. I honestly thought it was a joke. I thought this was like a Beaverton article. Right. I'm like, ha ha ha, bureaucracy, yeah. and then it was like, oh no, yeah. that happened. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the same with the, the little girl on the lemonade stand, or the oh, two yeah. little girls on yeah. the lemonade stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's just how does that happen? I think somebody messaged us to ask if we wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wish no, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. So thank you again for coming on the show, and we'll let you end the episode by saying Ottawa. Ottawa.